Thank you very much. The Mishnah in Pirkei Yobbis tells us, Altar v'sichim ha'isha v'yishto yomru kaluchem v'beishis chavero. Sicha refers to some conversation. If I have to go shopping in the store and there's a woman who's uh, selling and I have to ask details about the size of the shoe and what it's made from, or I have, I have a female doctor uh, and I have to find out details about my sickness and how I, how I uh, should be careful. So that's not sicha. Sicha means sicha It's not to talk about the elections, to talk about uh, the weather, to talk garmatev. So the Mishnah says that one should be careful even what's wrong to be married with your own wife. So some Rishonim interpret on the Mishnah that refers to Ishto Nido. Ishto Nido, so we have Harchokis. So this is one of the many Harchokis that we shouldn't be married The Rishonim learn it doesn't go Ishto Nido. Even his regular, even at the, that time of the month, that there's no problem still. One should be uh, careful not to be Marbisicha. But we'll leave that out. We'll talk about the Eishas Chavero. The Kalachimer is that one is not permitted to be Marbisicha Beishas Chavero. So, what is Marbisicha? The uh, basic minimum is permissible. The Rebuy, extra, more than is necessary, is not permissible. So, how does one determine what's necessary and what's extra? So, this, uh, in a certain sense, is, uh, has to be societal. Whatever is expected, whatever is Minanimus. Uh, is not considered Rivoy Sicho. Abshalem Zaman Oyabach has in his first volume of Mincha Shlomo uh, a letter that he sent to Rabbi Waldenberg. Shaila was when he used to go to the Shiva by bus, uh, so sometimes there would be uh, an Eshes Tanachachim who would be waiting for the bus as well. So he felt uncomfortable, they both felt uncomfortable walking. The Gemara says you're not permitted to walk behind a woman. Uh, so they both felt uncomfortable to walk, to, that they should go first onto the bus. And uh, the Eishas Tamachachma, well, let's say, I'm going on the bus, my mother's going on the bus. So I'm going to walk before my mother. The Archers dictates, should let your mother go first. Or stop, if there's a woman. So uh, the Archers dictates in our society that uh, the women go first, for whatever reason. Uh, so the Shaila is, uh, but the Gemara has this big fate, Achuri Aliv, Lo Achuri Isha, preferable to walk behind a lion, which is a Sakona, uh, rather than to walk behind an Isha. So, so what happened uh, to the Din and the Gemara? So Shlom Zalman thanks Rabbi Waldenberg for sending him a letter in which he quotes from the Sefer Leket Yosher, where he says that if, uh, if the Nimus, if the Acherets dictates that the woman goes first, then there's no prohibition. Shlom Zalman has a whole uh, elaboration on this uh, theme. <coughs> this is similar to what we know, the Seif Hasidim is quoted in Shulchan Aruch as saying, when you have a Shevet Brachis, so when you recite the Birch Zambosim, so you say, Baruch Alekeinu, Sha'asimcha B'mono, Sha'achal Mishalom, Blessed be HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that uh, whenever we are in the presence of the Baruch Shalom, then there is a Simcha. So uh, the Sefer Hasidim says you cannot add that phrase if you have mixed seedim. Because the Shechina is not going to be present. If there's mixed seedim, Shechina is not going to be present. So this was written in the Sefer Hasidim in the days of the later Baliatesis. By the time we come to the Levush, the Levush is already uh, after the Shulchan Aruch. So the Levush says that today that statement no longer applies because today it's very common that uh, men and women sit together stand all year long. So there's nothing preaches by having men and women sitting together as Shavit Brachas. So you can't make such a statement that the Shekhinah will not be there. So to determine exactly 
what's considered a priest and what's not is in a certain sense societal so this uh, this has to be determined. What's considered ribui sicha? What's considered the, the basic uh, minimum that uh, that Darachers dictates? When you see a woman, you can walk on the street. You're not going to say good morning to the woman. So they think that you are a boor. I remember uh, when I was single 40, 50 years ago, when we would go to a wedding. So it was very common that they had mixed seating. Uh, wasn't considered anything strange. But at that time unless my memory fails me, I seem to recall that number one, the, the women's dresses were different from the way they are today. The dresses didn't cling to the body. The dresses used to be flappy. Um, number two, the women didn't dance as much as they dance today. Uh, number three, the music wasn't uh, such a quick tempo. Music is much faster now. And all the women dance. And all the women get all perspired. And their clothing, their clothing uh, sticks to their body even more. And certain parts of their body become more pronounced. So today it's a bigger problem than it was uh, years ago about having a mixed, uh, mixed seating at uh, weddings. When people ask me, students from Yeshiva, I say I would recommend that they should have a separate seat. Even though years ago we always had mixed seating, but uh, today I would recommend separate seating because of these three reasons. The dresses are different, the music is different, and the women dance much more, they participate much more in the dancing than they ever used to uh, years ago. But Chaim Berlin... Um, was the son of the Nitziv from the first wife. Rabnei Barilam was the son of the Nitziv and the second wife. So the uh, alumni of the Shiva's Rabbein Chaim Bolin and Flatbush put together money to publish a collection of Shabbos Shuvahs authored by Rav Chaim Bolin. Um, so he has one Chuva in Chelek Ebenezer where uh, he writes a response to a student of his who is in business, and sometimes uh, women wanted to, sh- non-Jewish women wanted to shake hands with him to clinch a deal. So he wanted to know what should he do if, the, if they want to shake his hand. So he writes, Nikar Adin, it's really permissible. It's not Kira Boss, is there a chibo? There is no chibo. You're doing it in a line of business. He writes, We know you. Rabbi writes, I know you. Everybody knows you. You're a big tzaddik. You don't, you know, you don't have any uh, bad ideas in mind when you're shaking hands with the woman. It's just for the sake of business. So Mikra Adin is permissible. And he emphasizes, you have to be careful. The Gemara comments, A person has to act in such a way that people should have respect for the Jewish religion. People should have respect for Tamir Chacham. So he says, everybody knows you're a pious Jew. You're a Tamir Chacham. So if you're not going to shake hands with the woman, people will think that the rabbis are all a bunch of mishigoyim. They're all fanatics. They'll think that the whole religion is ridiculous. So he says you have to act uh, properly. The same letter he writes also about another issue. The Gemara says that the Tamir Chachamim should be medactic not to speak to women in the street, even if it's your own sister, because not everybody will know that it's your own sister. Not everybody knows uh, your relative. So this uh, Talmud of Rav Chaim Balin asks the child, what should he do? Sometimes uh, he walks in the street with his wife or he walks uh, with other women and his family. Should he be careful not to speak to them? So he uh, recommends in the letter, this is a Midas Chassidus that the Gemara says. He says, this generation, it doesn't make sense to observe this Midas Chassidus. And he emphasizes again, you're going to be so medactic on this, uh, not to speak to women when you walk in the street. Uh, people would think that the Rabbanim the Tamir Chachamim Amishigoy. So they had to determine the details of um, 
of each Indian of Sneas is not easy. But uh, clearly, uh, it, the details are societal. If you live in a society where this is Mekubal, uh, this is Anganuman. So you can't say that this is a prohibition. It's not a violation of Sneas. There's a certain rabbi from Muncie who told me that uh, he has a photograph of his grandfather attending a wedding, shaking hands with a woman, and he knows that the woman is not one of the relatives in the family, because he knows all the all against in the family. He doesn't know who this woman is. She's obviously not a relative. And he knows that his grandfather was a very famous Tamachachim, Talmud of Chaim Soloveitchik, who lived in uh, America years, years ago. And he says, it's a pella, how can his grandfather shake hands with a woman? The Chazanish said that it's the Harigal Yama to shake hands with a woman. So I said, maybe your grandfather was a big Tamachach and he knew that it's Muta? No, that can't be. That, that's impossible. <laughs> so I told him that this Jew about Chaimala, it can't be. Can't be. Chazanish said that it's the Harigal Yama. They quote uh, from the Stipula, that the Stipula said, on some of the statements of the Chazanish, that he said sometimes that things are Yehari Yavar, that sometimes the post can use the expression Yehari Yavar in an exaggerated sense, and it's not to be taken literally. So this fellow says, no, this Tamachachim says, no, but this one is to be taken literally. Not a lot of shekens. His grandfather doesn't count. And Rabbi Berlin doesn't count. Nobody counts. Only his understanding or his misunderstanding, whichever, of the Chazanish. So certain aspects of the Yonimachimiyas clearly are, uh, are societal. Uh, but uh, with the adjustment to the society, we still have to determine what's uh, what's the basic what's the basic necessity that's not considered what what's not a violation of tzias and what is. Take another example: the Ramah in Hilchas Shabbos speaks about bona on Shabbos. Bona is one of the lamates of malachas on Shabbos. Uh, so if a person does binyan kavua, so that's uh, awesome in Torah. If a person does binyan aroi. So that's only going to be awesome at the Rabbanon, and we call that Ohel, Ohel Aroi. If it's uh, Binyan Kavu, we call it Bona, and if it's only Aroi, we call it Ohel. So there are more quotes from the Balayatesis that you're not permitted to make a gag, a roof. Uh, Ohel Aroi is Asur, but what about making a Mechitza instead of being horizontal, it's vertical. So is that included in the prohibition of the Rabbanon of Ohel Aroi? So there are more quotes in the Balayatesis. If it's a Mechitza Hamateris, then it's Asur. Let's say if you have a sukkah, you only have two walls to the sukkah, so you're going to put up temporarily, you're going to stretch up a curtain to serve as the third wall. So the third wall of the sukkah is Masha the sukkah. Without that wall, you don't have a kosher the sukkah. So Tesis interprets in the Gemara that that's awesome at the Rabbana. That's called Or if you have an area where you want to carry on Shabbos and you only have three walls and you have to have a fourth wall, so if you put up a fourth wall temporarily, that's a mechitza hamateris. So other examples the Shulchan Aruch has. A person puts up a mechitza that's materis. What if you have the Shast Rosh Hashachacham and the rabbi would give a sermon so the practice would be that uh, they would spread a, a mechitza between the men and the women during the Shast Rosh Hashachacham. So there are more quotes from the Mordechai that's not called a mechitza hamateris. That mechitza is only as it's near as beyond. So uh, today... Uh, I don't know if it's uh, assumed that you still have to follow the Ramah to have a mechitza between the men and the women, Mishaz Rosh Hashachacham, but the correct practice should be that uh, if you're at some function and the rabbi is giving a shiur, so the correct practice should be that you should at least have a separate seating. When I'm asked to speak sometimes at an OU weekend or sometimes I'm a guest in a shul uh, for a weekend or something, so they ask me whether I want to have, do I insist on having separate seating when I give my talk? 
So I ask them, what's their practice over here? If their practice is, if normally uh, they have separate seating and the people won't run away, so I say, I would prefer to have separate seating. But if I understand that because of my insistence on having separate seating, uh, not just one or two uh, women will refuse to attend the talk, there'll be uh, a large group of women who will refuse to attend the talk, so I say, uh, leave it the way it is. Don't insist on having the separate seat. This is an Indian of Tzniyas. And if in that community uh, their practice is that they have uh, mixed uh, shiurim, men and women sitting together, so strictly speaking, I don't think it would be a violation of, uh, of the code of Tzniyas. Just like what the Ramor wrote in his time, that uh, we insist on having a mechitza between the men and the women. So most places today, when you have a drasha, you don't have a mechitza, you just have separate seating. So even the separate seating, strictly speaking, is also litzniyaz uh, biyalma. Uh, it's not really, a, I don't think it's really a violation. It's not really a violation of a real din. Look, in uh, Kelam, it was Yadua, they tell over the stories that the men and the women walked on two different sides of the street. The men walked on one side of the street, the women walked on the other side of the street. And if a man would walk on the women's side, or a woman would walk on the man's side, that would be considered a priest's getter. You can't say that that's a din. It's a nice idea. You can't say that that's a din. So, uh, many of these halachas are really uh, societal. But still, the halacha still remains in its place. The din is that altar b'sichem ha'yishin. Ribe is sir. Just uh, what's considered... Hechrich, what's considered a necessity, has changed a little bit. You're walking in the streets. You have to say good morning to, to the women also. You can't just uh, walk on the other side of the street. Whenever you say good morning, you walk to the other side of the street. That's not their heritage. You pass a woman, you say good morning. Or if, let's say, uh, one family is visiting the other family on Shabbos and Yantav, they're eating meals together. So you have to say, you got Shabbos and Yantav, you have to thank the Balabasta and so on. I don't think it's proper that if the couples are sitting and schmoozing together, I don't think it's proper that I should carry on a whole conversation with, uh, with the hostess. Or my wife should carry on a conversation with the host. The men should talk to the men and the women should talk to the women. A little bit of recognition you have to have. The men have to say, the job is going to least a little bit to speak to the women. Today, there are heretic days that you should uh, do that. But... Um, but uh, too much more than that, I think, would be a violation of Ribuy Sikha. I remember uh, years ago, my wife wasn't always able to take care of the little babies. So sometimes I would take the babies to the park. And many times I would be pushing my baby on the swing. And be, uh, the other swings, you would have uh, the mothers would be pushing the babies. The fathers would be in the office and the mothers would be free. And in my case, sometimes my wife was working in the office and I was free. So uh, I said hello, goodbye, just uh, superficially to the other women, but I thought it wasn't their heritage to carry on long conversations, uh, even short conversations, with, uh, with the other women. I remember once I had to call up one of my students on the telephone, and he was married already. Uh, so when I called on the phone, his, his wife answered. So I said, oh, hello, Mrs. M. So she said, Rabbi Shasta, what's the matter? You forgot my name? I haven't said I did forget her name. But Menashamayim, Menashamayim, when she said, What's the matter? You forgot my name. So I remembered her name. So I said, Oh, Joni. I can't forget. I didn't forget your name. Of course I know your name. I haven't said I did forget her name. But uh, in principle, even if I would remember her name, even if I would remember, I didn't think it's Derechelet to refer to someone else's wife uh, on a first name basis. I think. Uh, when I remember when I got married, I used to refer to my mother-in-law as Rebbe Shapiro. And she felt so insulted. She wanted me to call her mom. 
Ashwiga, as something uh, endearing. Not to call the Rebbe Nishpir. That's Takanat Derecheres. To be so formal with, with relatives or with your mother-in-law or something like that. But if it's not a relative of mine, it's, if it's someone else's wife, I think Derecheres dictates that one should not be on a first-name basis with them. One should not carry on long conversations uh, with someone else's wife. Uh, you know, the Taz in Hilcha Shabbos uh, came up with a Chumrah. Mikra then it's really Mutza. Taz suggests a Chumrah that one should not wear gloves on Shabbos. I remember for many years I didn't wear gloves. So I remember once I went to Minneapolis for Shabbos. I didn't even take gloves with me. So the rabbi said, he's not going to let me go to shul unless I wear gloves. It was freezing cold. And he said, your fingers will be uh, icicles if you don't wear gloves. If it's really cold, you have no choice. You wear gloves. But whatever, it's not too cold. So the Taz has such a homer, he recommends you shouldn't wear gloves because it's very common that people will take off their gloves and walk a few steps on Shabbos outside of the Erev and they'll be carrying the gloves without realizing it. So in Germany, in many communities, the Rabbanim never even tried to encourage the Balabatim to refrain from wearing gloves on Shabbos. So one of the Rabbanim, one of the German Rabbanim told me many years ago, this is because in Germany the practice used to be, common practice was that after dominating, all of the men and the women would greet each other in front of the shul and greet each other good Shabbos and they would shake hands and the men and the women would be shaking hands together so the Rabbana felt that it's better that they should keep the gloves on they should wear gloves and keep the gloves on when they shook when they shook the hands of the men when the women shook hands with the men they wouldn't take off the gloves they left the gloves on but Shabbos there was no error so Shabbos didn't want to carry so they left the gloves on so that's why the Rabbana felt that it's better to violate the Chumrah of the Taz rather than to have uh, the men and the women shake hands without the gloves The Chazanish wrote in one of the, in the collection of letters that they published after the Chazanish passed away. So the Chazanish wrote in one of the letters an interesting uh, line that uh, it's often very difficult to establish what the Psak Halach is, Halach for two reasons. Because first of all, you have to establish what the Din is in abstract. So that's not always so easy. Secondly, even if you know what the din is in abstract, under these conditions, the din is muta, under those conditions, the din is also. You look in Shulchan Aruch, so you don't have a simon, you don't have a chapter in Shulchan Aruch that only has one sif. It says you have 20 sifim under these conditions also, under these conditions muta, and the condition is different, then it's also, then it's muta, then it's also, you have a lot of sifim. But then the Chazanish said that's one difficulty, to establish what the abstract din is. Then difficulty number two, which is often much greater than difficulty number one, even if you figure it out what the abstract dinam are, then to determine whether the case at hand belongs to Sif Aleph or to Sif Beis, that's a more difficult um, decision to make. How to determine the case that you're working with. So that's really, in our generation, we know that many of the details of the laws of Sneas are societal. We know that what they wrote years ago doesn't always apply to Zmanazet. But, but in principle... The laws of Tzniyas are still there. We just have to adjust them a little bit. So that's takia difficult. It's not so easy to determine uh, what's considered ribuisicha and what's considered uh, necessary menanimus. We see in the Chumash, we have the prohibition of loisachman, we have the prohibition of loisisavah and the luchashniyas, and the Torah singles out loisachman eishis v'yecha. Loisisavah eishis v'yecha. Apparently... HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a man in such a way that there is a specific desire for women. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu created other Mauritian, in Parshish Bereshish, it says he created Chavavai Yehu El Adam. 
So the Medu says that he dressed up Chava, that she should be attractive for men. Women are attracted to men, and, and uh, men are attracted to women. This is the way the created the world. This is a fact uh, that's always going to be so. So we and and people are nichshol in this yetsar. Uh, so we certainly do have to observe some harfak over here. The Mishnah tells us that there has to be some harfak. Just in the different generations, what's considered hechrech changes, but whatever is above the hechrech, that's takaribui. The ribui would be uh, prohibited. They tell a story about a, a young teenage boy who was learning at Kfar Hasidim. And his family lived in um, Tel Aviv. Um, so it was springtime and he wanted to go. Uh, it was a Shabbos that everyone was expected to be in Yeshiva. It wasn't an off Shabbos. And he went to ask Rabbi Yalapian for special permission to go home for Shabbos. So Rabbi Yalapian asked him, it was an old, old man already at that time. Rabbi Yalapian died at a very old age, old age. But he asked the boy, the teenage boy, you're not afraid to go to walk in the streets in Tel Aviv. The women don't dress properly over there. You don't have a yetzahar. So the boy kept on saying, no, he's not afraid. He said, but it's the springtime, you know, the women are not going to dress properly. It's not like in the yeshiva. It's not like in, in Meir Shor. It's, uh, there's a lot of people that the boy kept on saying, no, he's not worried. <laughs> so they tell the story that Rabbi Lachan screamed out loud, get a doctor, the boy is sick. <laughs> what do you mean he's not afraid? How can it be? is the way that Rabbanishon created the world. That men find uh, women uh, very attractive, especially if they have undressed. Uh, certainly going to be very attractive. So there certainly have to be harchokas, that's for sure. The Gemara has a principle that a married woman is supposed to cover her hair, and if a woman didn't cover her hair, so then the Gemara says, Seyavisha Erva. So the Morgan Avram quotes from the Maram al-Shakar So the woman has to wear a tichel all the way below her eyebrows. It says in Chumash when the Levine has to shave off the hair. So they had to shave off the eyebrows also. So you see that the eyebrows have the status of Seor. So the women have to wear a tichel all the way down below the eyebrows. So the Maram al-Shakar writes in his children, No, whatever is dark on the galos is okay. So it's a side So that's what the Postman says. Even if a woman uh, is going to have the tichel a little above, a little bit of the hair is going to be sticking out, so that's also okay. So what if the minigamachim is that the women don't cover the hair at all? Some of the women don't cover the hair at all, so you're going to say everything is muta, or everything more has tefah vishayarva. Those parts of the woman's body that are taiva have the status of error. So again, the so a woman has to cover her whole face, she can only have her eyes. Uh, Sticking out from be, from behind a black uh, a black dress, a black veil, but the person said, "No, with that part of the body that's dark from the gallows is uh, not more time, so there's no problem." So what if you're in a nudist colony and the women are walking around undressed? So the Chayyim says, "You're not going to say it's dark from the gallows, everything is okay. There's no problem with the seir, there's no problem with the tefilah but there's a limit. There has to be a limit." Not just on the Ayeva hair, but there has to be a limit on the other parts of the body also. So the Chayodim tries to give some limits. The Chayodim is a little uh, machmer in this area, others are a little more lenient on this area. But there has to be some limit how far you go to say that this is societal. And uh, past a certain point, we assume that it will be more title. We don't assume that the, that the people who live in a nudist colony don't have any titles. They have titles, but they don't even realize it. They're walking around with titles all the time. We live in a generation where we hear so much, we hear so much, we see so much uh, preachers around us. The Rambam 
uh, has his famous essay in Hilchazdeus that the person should always go b'derech hamamutza, should go in the middle of the road. He shouldn't be extreme, not to the right, not to the left. Always go to the middle. The Ramam says, what happens if a person sinned in a certain area and he wants to do tshuva? So then the Ramam says, we would recommend that he should go to the extreme in that area until he straightens himself out. And then after he straightens himself out, then he can slip back to the original normal position to go to Darach HaMamutza. So the same is true in our generation. We live in a generation where there's so much preachers all over. It's not the, the, the secular world and the non-Jewish world. There's so much more preachers than there used to be years ago. So don't push it like that. So those who want to observe the Nyanam of Sneers, and we should all want to, should try to go a little bit to the extreme, a little bit too much to the extreme, will look like Mishugot. So that's what Rav Chaim says, We don't want them to think that the religious Jews are, are uh, lunatics, that they're uh, Mishugot. But a little bit to be a little more medactic than the, the din requires is Mishgefelach. It would be a recommendation. We have to observe of course, the din and madinim. Whenever the Chachamim have a din in the Gemara, so a din is a din. Even if you think that in your situation the Chashash doesn't apply, whatever the Gezeres the Chachamim introduce, whatever din and the Rais, the din and the Rabban, we have to observe the din of Yichud Adin. We understand why the Rabbis introduced the din of Yichud. Uh, one can be easily led uh, to sin, so we have to observe the laws of Yichud. Even if there's a situation where there's no prohibition of Yichud, let's say I take my children over to visit. Uh, by another uh, family on Shabbos and the husband over there went to the shear in shul and the wife is taking care of the shul it's a house full of children so there's no issue of yichud uh, and there are more parents coming and so on and I'll spend 15 minutes with the, with the other one's wife uh, carrying on a whole conversation on Baruch Shalmabaka so true, strictly speaking there's no violation of yichud but uh, we certainly wouldn't recommend it this is certainly a violation of tzniz it certainly is a doba mechur I remember somebody once sent me, uh, one of the members of the board of Yeshiva University, once sent me a photograph from the New York Times. Apparently there was an election in some Arab country. So they had, uh, apparently the men stood on one line to vote, to cast their ballots, and the women stood on a totally different line. And the women were all dressed with these black uh, dresses and black veils, everything black, and the men on the other line. So this person, this member of the board of Yeshiva, sent me this photograph. And he wrote, he hopes that that's not what uh, we're heading for. He hopes that the Orthodox are not heading for that. What would be so bad if, uh, if an Eretz is they would have separate lines for the men to vote and for the women to vote? Why would it be so terrible? I don't think it would be so terrible. Maybe the fact that the Arab women wear, uh, the fact that the Arab women wear the black veils and the black dresses, does that accomplish that there's more sneers by them? I doubt it. I think there's probably more preachers by the Arabs uh, than there is by uh, other nationalities. That's what the Imam usually assumes. The Arabs have more preachers. I don't think that black veils have, uh, have accomplished uh, this years that it's supposed to accomplish. But I don't think it would be so terrible if we would really have uh, separate lines like in that. We should learn from the good practices that the Umasalam have. The Gemara talks about the Midrashim, talk about the fact that the Jews are always picking up things from the society where they live. So the Gemara talks about We only pick up the terrible practices that the Umasalam have amongst whom we live. We should pick up some of the proper practices. I don't see what's so terrible about this. I didn't, uh, I didn't think it was so bad. I remember uh, every, every so often I tell over this humorous story on... Uh, my 
grandmother used to live in Brooklyn. Uh, she was an older woman, and my aunt and uncle lived nearby. My grandmother chose to live there because my aunt and uncle lived there. So I would go visit sometimes with Shani, I'm a kid, I would go visit by my aunt and uncle and visit by my grandmother, and I would dive in my mind at these school. So I remember once on Rosh Hashanah, after Musaf, Sir Rabbi Soloveitchik introduced me to his wife. And he said, he started to introduce me, he says, this is, and he didn't remember my name. So I said, Herschel Schechter, I said, no, I remember your name, Dustin. He remembered my name, he's trying to figure out how he's going to describe who I was. Okay. So he didn't remember my name. So he says, he's visiting, he says, he's visiting by his aunt and uncle, Rabbi Mrs. Moseson, my uncle used to teach in Maimonides, and he says, I think the young man would enjoy eating by us. So I felt so happy. He invited me to eat by him. I was thrilled. So Mrs. Soloveitchik said, No, the young man will enjoy it better by his aunt and uncle. I said, I understand. How can she say that? And then he said, No, no, he'll enjoy it better by us. So I didn't understand what the whole topic was till I got there. Because when we were walking, so the men were walking with Rav Soloveitchik, and the women were walking with Mrs. Soloveitchik. There was no mixing of the men and the women where we were walking in the streets until we got to the Rapsalvechi's home. So then we sat down at the table. So there was a little square table. The Rav was sitting facing his wife and they had me sitting facing this single girl. So the Rapsalvechi said, let's invite the young men over. I mean, he'll meet the girl. Mrs. Salvechi said, no, it's like a horse and a cow. What do you mean? She, she married a doctor. She, she right, nice religious girl. She wasn't going to marry a bachelor like me. She had a nice, a nice professional, nice religious boy, but she wasn't, there was no habamina. So she, she was a better judge of uh, human character than her husband. Her husband had his nose in the Gemara. He didn't know. But I didn't realize what the whole machlekes was until I came to the home. Because when we were walking home, the men were walking together with the men, and the women were walking together with the women. That, that was considered normal. There was nothing unusual about that. The Medrash tells us about Hanefesh Asher also Bechoram. So Rashi quotes the Medrash, Avram Hayim Megayeris Elanoshim, Mestorim Megayeris Elanoshim. We have a problem now. A lot of times you have Kirov organizations. So they have men doing Kirov with women, or you have women doing Kirov with men, and sometimes it poses problems of Kirov. Sometimes uh, in, improprieties take place. We, we should really be medactic about that. We should have talk and men do cure with men. And women, sometimes you have no choice. Sometimes you have to have uh, men doing cure with women. Sometimes you have to have women doing cure with men. But whenever it's possible to avoid it, we certainly should avoid it. That's how our, our forefathers did it. That's how Roman Sora did it. Svidiyash had learned in uh, Lithuania. He learned in Slavotka. So when they invited him to come to Germany, so he was stunned. He saw that they had men giving shiurim for women. And Yiddishkeit, and Hashkofen, and Torah, and so on. So he says in uh, Lita, they would never have that. They would have, women would teach women, and men would teach men. But he understood, uh, he asked around, I told him, under the circumstances for Germany, that was acceptable. It was a different type of a society. What's neistic would be that women should be teaching women. But uh, what's neistic should be that men should teach men. Once in a while you have to have a woman teaching men also. So you have no choice. You have no choice. Uh, then it would be mutam. Whenever it's possible to avoid it, we certainly should avoid it. Some uh, rabbonim think that they're so uh, such great tzaddikim that they don't have any yetzahar at all. So the Gemara tells us in Masech HaSukah that Kol HaGodol Mechaver Yitzhagodol HaMenu that the person who is a bigger Tamachachim will probably have a bigger Yitzhahar. I remember for many years there was one uh, woman who used to daven in the base Medrash every Shabbos because she lived across the street. 
So she always used to complain why Rabbi Lipschitz insists on having such a high mechitas. Every Shabbos she would say the same line. Rabbi Lipschitz must be a very big tamachachim, so kol agadam achaveri to go to the men, so that's why he insists on having such a high mechitas. Okay? Okay, Rabbi Lipschitz was a bigger tamachachim than the students, for sure. And he talked about a big Yetzirah, and, and he controlled his Yetzirah. But uh, we shouldn't uh, assume that we are above all of this. The Gemara has a comment, the Medrash has a comment about David HaMelech. He says, Libi cholol bikirbi. He didn't say levavi. The Mishnah comments on the word b'chol levavcha. B'chol levavcha refers to both Yetzirah and Yetzirah. So uh, David HaMelech refers to his own heart as, as Libi instead of levavi. So the Gemara says he only had a Yetzirah. He didn't have a Yetzirah. Somehow he killed the Yetzirah by fasting so many times. Haraga betainus. I don't know people on that, uh, on that. I haven't met anybody like Rabbi Amalek yet. All the human beings, all the men that I know, big Tamir Chachamim, not such big Tamir Chachamim, we all have a big Yetzirah. And one of the main Yetzirahs that we have, the Baruch Shalom implanted this into all of us. Baruch caused that men should have a quite a big desire for women. So um, we should really be medactic. Um, not to be medactic in an exaggerated fashion, but in a reasonable fashion, to try to have, uh, to try to live up to the rule of the Mishnah. Al Tavisichem Reisha Beishes Chaveira. It's hard to change overnight. No one ever does truth overnight. It's a long process. So uh, we should we should at least start to think about the first. You have to have hirurichuva first. We have to convince ourselves that this is the right way to go, and uh, then we can start uh, dreaming a little more about it and uh, about try to be medactic a little more. I remember this summer we were uh, I was with the NCSY group in Eretz Israel, So one of the highlights was a tour of certain old areas with uh, Benny Levine, a grandson of Rabbi Levine. So there was one narrow street where we were all, the, all the boys were all standing together. And there was a non-observant woman. She was half undressed. It was the middle of the summer. So the non-observant woman had a, had a, had a uh, walk through the street. We were going one direction. She was coming the other direction. So the boys all split. The half the boys were standing to the right, half the boys standing to the left. And the woman was going to walk in between. So she started to scream at us in Hebrew. What's the matter with you? You know that a woman is not allowed to go in between uh, two men. Move to the side. Everybody should move to the side. There was a woman, she was clearly not observant. Clearly not. The way she was dressed, it was clear that she wasn't an observant woman. But still, there are heretic days. The Gemara says, It's not proper to have, uh, that's not a fanatic uh, dikta. That's a Gemara. The Gemara says, you should try to have, let's say if you have a mixed table, they should try to have not men, woman, men, woman, men, women. You should try to have uh, two women together, and two men together, and then two women together, rather than to have a uh, man sitting in between two women or women sitting in between two men. If you have no prayer, you have no prayer. But uh, look, if you're on an airplane and, and you're seated in between two women, I don't think it's their to start making a whole, a whole uh, riot and to insist you're rather going to stand the whole flight instead of sitting down. If, it, if it's going to mean the whole machlech, so it's not worth it. But if it's possible to avoid, so we certainly should avoid This is one of the inyanam of their that the Gemara tells us. I seem to remember seeing in the collection of letters of Rav Kook and the Igris Ariya, he has in one of his letters that the Jewish people, he passed away before HaKamas Hamadina, years before HaKamas Hamadina, so he writes, if we want to regain the right to Eretz Israel, we want to have a Jewish Medina, 
Why? Why are we entitled to Eretz Yisrael? Because HaKadosh Baruch gave it to Avram Avinu, gave it to our forefathers, so we have to go in the ways of our forefathers. So he says, our forefathers were always very midactic, in Eba Ohel. The men and the women were uh, very careful not to, not to be uh, intermingling all the time. So he says, we will only have the right to regain Eretz Yisrael and to keep hold of Eretz Yisrael until we're midactic on these in Yonim of no, the series and uh, in addition to everything else that we have to work on, I think this is also one of the major in Yonah we have to work on.